0: for a second and uh there's some craziness other than that it's all good just trying to make sure that uh all right hey <laughs> hey um hey welcome to the to, to connect church uh uh live today um via uh facebook live uh we actually got that up and running as well um as well as uh uh of course our youtube family um, and we're so glad to be able to do this. Um, I, I know the this, this storm is crazy, and, and for, for, for some people, you barely got hit. Other, others of you uh, got, uh, got it much worse, um, and so uh, we're, we are so thankful um, that we get a chance to be able to do church like this. Um, you know, uh, back in the day, there just wasn't an option, right? You were, you were, you were rolling in. I remember uh, pastor friends that were like, they got SUVs, they got four by fours, because they're like, doesn't matter, I'm making it to church. And and there's, like, I love that spirit in that. Um, but the reality is, what we learned in the pandemic is that we still have this opportunity um, in these moments where we can consider. Uh, people's welfare. We can consider uh, the kiddos and those who have to navigate traveling uh, to get to church and you know all the dangers that come with that um, and still we're able to be together and I think that's so important uh, that this is not just a, 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 we're not recording this. I didn't record a sermon and send it out. It's not just about teaching. Um, it's its not just about making sure we get the Word. It, it's, it's actually us being together. Uh, in this time because it doesn't really matter where we are. The, the Bible says we're to touch something in agreement. That's where the Spirit of God is and so the Spirit of God is there with you um, because we are touching this thing in agreement today. We're together in this thing. Um, and so your house is the temple of God right now. Not only is, does the Bible say that our bodies are a temple of God, but your house is a temple of God. That means there's miracles that are possible there today. That means there's salvation maybe for uh, your your kiddos that are listening um, here today. This is not just a time for us to be able to uh, to, to to check off the the box that we had church service. Um, this is what an opportunity God has given you to to bring this power, this Spirit of God, uh, in this kind of setting into your house, and so I hope that you're comfortable this morning, right, I hope you're in your sweatpants, you got your coffee or hot chocolate or whatever, or whatever right, um, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't do that, I know I, this, this may look like it's jammies, it's not, this is what I'll be wearing to church on a Sunday morning, and I know uh, Danielle always laughs at me, she's like, it doesn't really matter, I literally have shoes on, um, and, and socks and good pants and all those things, because I, I for me, there, there's something about, um, just for me, uh, needing to, to 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 be uh leaning in and that's what i want to encourage you with the, today i really really want to encourage you so we're waiting for everybody just to make sure that uh, everyone is uh, finds their place online um, to, to to not just be comfortable uh, but to be comfortable but don't be content be comfortable but don't be content lean in this morning lean in lean in Man, get your notebooks get your bibles out Lean into the things of God this morning. Take a moment right now, whatever format you're on, say hi to each other, right? Make sure you're saying hi. Uh, uh, You know, I want to encourage you, shout back, um, say amen, uh, 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 you know, really engage this morning. The reason why is because it not only, when you shout out there, it, 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 it reverberates even in my spirit here. Uh, because the Spirit of God is outside of time and space. But even more than that, it speaks to your soul. It, it, it changes the atmosphere in your soul, in your room. It makes opens up your ears. It changes things. So I'm, I'm so excited today um, for what God is getting ready to do um, as we start this brand new year in 2024 together. So I hope you're comfortable, but don't be content, right? Lean into the things of God this morning. And before we get started, I want to give a great shout out to uh, one of my best friends in the world and someone that we love dearly at church, Pastor John. Pastor, it's Pastor John's birthday on Tuesday, so happy birthday, Pastor John. Everybody give Pastor John a happy birthday. Uh, send him a text, shoot him an email. Um, for over two decades, almost two decades now, uh, Pastor John has been faithfully at so many different levels serving this 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 house. He, he has served in kids and youth and uh, and media, and finance, and worship, and he's campus pastor, and, ran, and like, there's so much that he has done, um, I know that to connect wouldn't be the same, I know I wouldn't be the same without Pastor John's influence uh, and, and relationship in my life, so uh, Pastor John, we love you, we're grateful for you, we're th- so thankful for you and Liz, and all that you pour into this house, so thank you, um, hey, I, I just, before we even uh, go any further, I just, I, I'm gonna, we're gonna get ready to start a new series and I, I know we, we we used to do a lot of series, and then and then over the last little bit since the pandemic we didn't. And I we really want to do. I want I really feel like God's laid a, a new series uh, uh, for the next couple of weeks on my heart. Um, that's called that. Uh, that's the question. That's the question. We're gonna start it today. But do you remember uh, like when you're having this conversation with people and it, it kind of you kind of get to the bottom of it and you go, oh yeah, that's the question. And it's like yeah, like that. Oh, that's really what what. It, I mean, that's really what we're trying to get to. That's, that's really, that's really how, to, how, to, how to live this out. That's the question. Jesus was asked so many questions, over 300, matter of fact, that are recorded, and, and yet uh, there are so, some that we want to wrestle with um, because they really are the question. They're the question on how to live out a kingdom life and how to really be a disciple and how to love God and navigate through this, this crazy world that we're living in. And as we head into 2024, there's so many new possibilities, but there's also so many, new, uh, so many obstacles that are possible as well uh, with the condition of the world and with the elections coming up and the economy. There's so many things that we need to answer, but the answers are all found in Jesus. And so uh, we wanna wrestle with some of those questions, right? That's the question. Um, and and so we're going to wrestle with those over the next couple of weeks. Um, and I believe they're going to unlock some stuff. I believe there's some things that are going to get unlocked in people today. Um, I, I, uh, Dan, Daniel knows. I'm excited about this word. One of, the, one of the things that I'm probably the most sad about not being all together in one room uh, is that I really believe that this word, I'm excited about this word, but I'm also believing that, uh, that God knows exactly what he's doing. And uh, we're going to talk about God, Jesus leading today. And so if I'm going to preach about it, i got to listen to it, uh, and so when he leads me, uh, I have to be willing to follow him out, no matter where that is, right? That's the issue. That really is the question. So let's pray, we're going to hop into the Word, all right? Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for church today. I thank you for uh, men and women who are here today, uh, uh, gathered together in all over, um, all over, all over South Jersey, Philadelphia, uh, all over our world, Lord God. We know we have people from Texas. And Other people joining in from all over uh, on vacation as well. Father, I pray that you watch over them, guide them, keep people safe today. Father, for those who have lost power, I pray that you restore it quickly, Lord God. For those who are struggling, Lord Jesus, today uh, in the midst of all this, I pray that you protect them. And I pray for your sense of peace and presence to be in everyone's home today. Let miracles, let breakthroughs happen as we obey you, as we listen to, uh, to your word, as we seek your face in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Hey, all right. We're going to hop right in right now. We're going to hop right in right now. Um, So since you have your Bibles and your notebooks, um, why don't you open with me to the book of John, John chapter 13. John is the book that we've been studying for men and forged. Uh, which are discipleship groups, and they're going to start not this week now, next week, the following week. Um, and uh, ladies, you guys are going to be joining us. I'm so excited. Ladies, that's, that's part of what, one of the big uh, things we want to talk about is that, ladies, you're going to be joining us on this journey uh, of you're still going to have your shoulder to shoulder groups individually. Gosh, you're still going to meet individually, but we're going to be studying the book of John together. Um, and I really felt, feel like that's what God's doing. Um, as we journey this thing together, all right? Um, so John chapter 13, John, John is the fourth book of the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. It's written by the Apostle John, obviously. Um, and, uh, and if you need a title for today's message, it's Where Are You Going? Where are you going? <laughs> Have you ever been following somebody um, and, uh, and you're like, where in the world are you going, right? Where are you going? Um, and, 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 and if we're honest, it's because intrinsically we know that they're they're not going the way that we would go if we were them, right? They're, they're going just a different way or they're going a, a different route. And it's something that we would, it's different than what, how we would do it. And we know it's intrinsically going, where are you going? And, and I think if we're honest, uh, my friends, truly, if we're honest, we actually have these same conversations with God we just clean it up a bit, right? We just, we clean it up a bit. When, our, when, our, when, it, when it comes to our spiritual lives or, or the direction of our lives, when it comes to what we're facing uh, what, what, as we journey through life, right, uh, especially when what we're facing is, is challenging or there's hardships in the midst of it, uh, when there's challenges in the midst of it, um, I, we begin to ask God, where are you going here, God? What, 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 where, where, where are you going with this? Because our question uh, uh, of interest begins to become a questioning of God of what we think is in our best interest. God, where are you going with this? We're, we're, we're truly the the, the, the the question of interest becomes a questioning of God based around our best interest. And then we find this in the text that we're going to look at today uh, with Peter, right? Um, and this is this is at the end uh, when Jesus is getting ready to go to the the cross. And uh, Peter asked Jesus this question, this same question, where are you going? And he asked it after the Last Supper um, because Jesus had been talking about dying um, and not getting rid of the Romans, right? And uh, a lot of things, a lot of the direction that Peter and uh, and some of the uh, apostles really weren't um, uh, in in alignment with, right? Uh, they didn't think that was in their best interest for Jesus to die. Although he had said it was better that he it's to their advantage he goes away. They still didn't get it. it wasn't in their best interest. Um, and Jesus and Peter's like Jesus, where are you going? Where are you going with this thing? Doesn't seem like it, I thought it would seem. Um, it's definitely not the way that I would go. And as we as and as we enter uh, twenty twenty four, right? Maybe we've asked Jesus those same questions. Maybe we're like, Jesus, where are, we going? where are you going with all this? Where are you going with my life? Where are you going with this country? Where are you going with my marriage? Where are you going? Where are you going? Where are you going? And the, 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 the reality is that when Peter asked this question, it left him. The revelation that, God, that Jesus gives him leaves him with a conflict in his conscience. And, and, and I wonder if uh, when we give our ear to what God is really saying, where he really is leading, if we'll be, if we'll be uh, faced with that same kind of conflict in our conscience. Let's look at this word together. Uh, in John chapter 13, verse 36, the Bible says, Simon Peter said to him, Lord, where are you going? <laughs> where are you headed? Where are you going? Uh, Jesus answered him, where I'm going, you cannot follow me now, but you will follow me afterward. Right? Peter said to him, Lord, why can I not follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. Jesus answered, will you lay down your life for me? Truly, truly, I say to you, the rooster will not crow till you have denied me three times. So Peter here is left with this this conflict between his confession and the revelation of what Jesus is trying to tell him will cost him if he follows him. And it's a place, I think, that we often find ourselves uh, to, even though we tend not to recognize it at times, right? Between our confession of what we say we want to be or who we want to be or how we want to be as men and women of faith, that we're all in for Jesus. Right? I'm all in for Jesus. And then the revelation of where he is going, we are not ready to follow. He said, We say, God, I'm all in. I'm all, I'm all in. I'm all yours. Uh, you're, you're my savior, you're my king, I'll follow you anywhere, I'll do anything you want. And Jesus says, cool, we're going to go over here. And you're like, mm, not ready to follow there. Uh, here's the list of why that's not in my best interest. Um, where are you going? Where are you taking me? Jesus. And you and I, as part of this discipleship um, journey that we're on, find ourselves a lot of times, if we're honest, in this conflict of conscience. And the challenge is, I think, especially in our modern world, is that our intentions often subconsciously infer Jesus' directions. Like our, our subconscious, our intentions, our expectations begin to infer or assume the direction that Jesus should be going and basically we're asking him where is he going why because we don't think he's going in the right direction right We don't think he's going where he should be going for our best interests. it's because we know where we'd like him to go we know how we'd like him to act. we know uh, what we think would be in our best interests so are that so so here's the truth. That becomes, that compass becomes our true north. What becomes our true north is not really Jesus leading. Our true north becomes what our interest, what our intention, what we think is in our best interest should look like. That becomes our true north. And those intentions infer or assume the direction that Jesus should take us and should be going. Where are you going, Jesus? That's the way you should be going. Now, 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 some are saying, well, well probably not, look, that, that's, uh, I don't know, maybe when I was younger in the faith and maybe I, I'm, I'm not sure. Good, that, maybe that's true, but let me maybe, maybe put a test out there for us. Maybe we can wrestle with this uh, all together. And I assume probably this may hit all of us, all right? I think many of us have probably, this time of year, made a bunch of New Year's resolutions, right? Made a whole bunch of New Year's resolutions. Let me ask the question, how did you make them? How did you make them? You probably said, "Well, this is what I want to do. This is what I want to achieve. This is what I want to become. I want to be skinnier. I want to. I want to be healthier. I want to be a bit richer. I want to be a bit less in debt. Maybe I want to get married or, or maybe have a kid. Maybe I want to learn. Hopefully, learn a little bit more about the Bible, right? I want to be nicer. I want to be. I want to maybe get a better job. I want to maybe get a promotion." Now, listen. They're all good. There's nothing wrong with any of them. But how many of those things started with the question, Jesus, where are you going? Where are you going? Because the truth is that's where all of our New Year's resolutions should have come out. Jesus, where are you going? The truth is it's not even, Jesus, where are you leading me? Because that still puts me in the primary position. It's simply, Jesus, where are you going? In 2024, where are you going? Jesus, are you coming back? In 2024. I want to be ready. I want to make sure that I talk to my friends. I want. I want to make sure that I'm prepared. Where are you going? Where are you headed into my community? Where are you leading your church? Where are you headed in creating unity? How are we? How are you going uh, to to be loving my neighbor so that I can follow? Uh, what will you be teaching us so that I can lend it my ear? Right? What does your health look like in relationships that you're leading so that I can? become healthy in those relationships too? Where are you leading? Psalm 69 says, A man's heart plans his ways, but the Lord directs his steps. There's a following, my friends. In this thing called Christianity, in this thing called being a disciple, there is a following that takes place. There's nothing wrong with having heart's desires. There's nothing wrong to want to be healthier or skinnier or all of those things. But at the end of the day, where did those plans start? Because we are called to be followers of Jesus Christ. Right? And that the issue is right here is the battleground where our confession is confronted by our true convictions. Where our confession, what we say with our mouth on one hand, is confronted with our convictions. The battle between who we would like to be and who our choices continually position us to be. Like Peter, right? His confession was, I will die for you. I will follow you anywhere. But his choices, his true convictions, were the things that he would actually follow, right? The I'll die for you became, I don't even know you. I don't want, I, I, I'm not a part of you, right? Uh, don't count me in with him. I'm not a part of that crew. That's not who I am. The, the, the confession, the confession was honest. The confession was true from his belief, but his convictions inside of himself positioned him so that that confession was impossible to live out. Here lies the testing ground, I think, between being a believer of Jesus and a disciple for Jesus. And this is where we, we're struggling in a church culture, in a modern church world, where, where being a, a, a disciple simply looks like coming to church, or simply looks like listening to some worship music occasionally during the week, uh, or, or, or maybe serving in the kids' ministry. Like, all those things are, yes, they're worship and they're important. But being a disciple of Jesus... Being a disciple means following. And that's why Jesus says in Matthew 16 24 if you want to be my disciple, not a believer, not even just be saved, if you want to be my disciple, you must deny self, pick up your cross, and follow me. There's actually an order to this thing. And it starts with the battleground, starts with the the the, 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 the tension between my confession as Him is Lord and the denying of self, my conviction that enables me to actually follow. This is where the battleground is for so many of us. Look at what Jesus says to Peter. Jesus said, you will follow me afterward. And I know so many of us, and probably so so many scholars will say, yes, what he meant by that is he will follow him after the cross and the resurrection. That's true. But Jesus ties it together with what is holding him back now. Where he's loving his life more than he's loving Jesus, where he, he has his need super, his need for acceptance supersedes Jesus' truth, right? His insecurities, the unsubmitted areas of his life, become the, the areas of conflict between his confession and his convictions. He's saying to Peter and to us, there are things inside of you, Peter, and inside of you and I that need to die first before you can truly follow me not believe in me not be saved but be but follow me come on how does how does salvation come i confess with my mouth there's a confession right i believe in my heart those things are fantastic that 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 connects me to salvation but jesus christianity is not being a is not making a decision to be saved it's making a decision to be a disciple of the savior So here's where this comes in. We have to move from our confession to actually address the deeper convictions that hold us back from walking these things out. Like Peter, my friends, there are intentions and expectations of our heart that are both fleshly, come on, and that come in our Christianized world, whatever that looks like in our our life. There are motivations and inspirations of our life that are convictions that will undermine our faith's confession this is where it all comes down it will undermine our faith's confession basically what i'm saying is it's hard to follow when you're leading it's hard to follow when we're leading i get this because i i rest this is where i wrestle with jesus all the time i have all sorts of good uh, scripture quotes, and I have all sorts of good uh, uh, stuff in my head, and I've, I've, I've cleaned up my life enough to know that I can look spiritual, uh, and yet I can still be uh, leading, um, and then asking Jesus to, to, to come in. Come on, God, I know I know this is what you want, so come fix it, um, and, and and there are times that, that that's what faith looks like, and then there's times where uh, faith looks like uh, Jesus is saying, hey, no, you're, you're the one making the mess over here. I'm making the miracle over here, well, why are you in the mess when you could be in the miracle? Come on, somebody. Why are you in the mess? Well, because I'm leading. When you could be in the miracle, why? Because I'm not following. And these unsubmitted areas, my friends, these areas of conflict, the things that cause, uh, that will be the things that cause separation of our intimacy with Jesus, our intimacy with him, right? Our love, our, our deep connection to him. The Bible says in Matthew 26, 58, that, that, that Peter followed Jesus from a distance. When they arrested him, they followed him from a distance. Before the cross, there was a distance that happened uh, between uh, of intimacy between Peter and Jesus. He said, I love you so much. I'll do anything. And yet, even in the next few hours, there was a distance that developed inside of him. Why? Because he ends up at a campfire, ultimately denying Jesus Christ. And even after the a, 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 a resurrection, he ends up back fishing, right? He's, he, 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 he knows, uh, he doesn't really know what to do or, or what to believe. He's still trapped between the confession that the tomb is empty and the conviction that probably in his life with Jesus, nothing really changed that's this that's where this tension where, where I, I know my confession is true the tomb's empty that's indisputable uh, what what god said is right but there's something inside of me the conviction inside of me is that something between jesus and i probably still has not changed so even after we're saved these unsubmitted unredeemed unregenerated areas can still rob us of our intimacy with Jesus, cause guilt and shame and condemnation keep separation. Uh, can open the door for offense and disappointment and disillusionment. Because we're at, where are you going? Why are you taking me here? Why ha, why why are we going in this direction? It opens doors for offense. This is when the enemy. This is where the Bible talks about. Don't give the enemy a foothold. Right. So. We see it throughout the Word. We see it in Peter. We see it in Judas. We see it in the rich young ruler. There's this moment in uh, in Luke chapter nine, verse 59, where uh, Jesus says to one uh, a, a disciple, "Come and follow me." And the guy says, "The guy says, I want to follow you, but let me go bury my dad first, right?" And 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 it's it, it seems like Jesus is really kind of callous here, because he's like, "Well, let the dead bury the dead," but that's not what Jesus is saying at all. See, in Hebrew tradition, that man would have never even been able to be following Jesus if his dad had died. There's protocol. He would have been at home. He would have been taking care of things. He wouldn't have been there. It's not dead. What he's saying to Jesus is this. I want to stay at home in the comfort of my house until my dad dies. And then let me settle my affairs. And then if everything goes okay, if everything works out all right, I'll come and follow you. I'll come and follow you. Well, if I get that promotion, then I'll have more time, God, and I'll be able to follow you. If, if, when the kids are out of soccer or out of gymnastics, then I'll, I'll be able to come follow you. Uh, I mean, when, when my marriage changes or, or, or I finally get married, then I'll be able, These things, when, when these things work out and that area gets settled, when you actually finally lead me into that area, then I'll be able to follow you because that's where I really want to go. Come on, our priorities reveal the distance between our confession and our conviction. Our priorities are the gap between our confession, what we say we want, what we say we believe uh, as believers, and the conviction of being a disciple. The round is, this is why we get so frustrated. Because we say yes with our mouths, right? We say yes, but we're denying around the campfire. Because we haven't dealt with the dying to self moment yet. The constant dying to self, denying of self, dying and denying to self. Come on, the moment, uh, in, in that moment that Peter denies Jesus, the crowd was real, right? The fear that he was experiencing was real. The pressure was real. The insecurity to fit in was real. We all have those. Those are real moments. All of us have these campfire moments, all of us, in different ways and different things. So in that moment, Peter's response was the the response that Peter gave revealed the real him? This is what we don't like. And Danielle is so good with me about this so often. She's like, I know you say this, but your response revealed the real you. Like I know you say you don't want to be that kind of person, but when you responded, when it was when the when the when the crowd was real, when the insecurity was real, when the fear was real, uh, the real you showed up. Now, 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 there's nothing to be guilty or ashamed of that. It's just one of those things that we recognize we haven't actually taken to the cross yet. We, it's still an unsubmitted area. It's still part of the conviction that messes up our confession, right? And the trap is, and this is the trap. This is the trap that I get caught in all the time, so I'm just telling myself, I'm telling myself, I'm in my own house, I can tell myself if I want to tell myself. But this is the trap that we fall into. We begin to exchange in these moments to cover things up. We exchange our denial of self With the promotion of self-righteousness, right? That's our human exchange. We're like, ah, I I don't want to really deal with. I know I messed up. So let me exchange it with all this other good stuff that I can do over here. It's like it's like the magician. He's doing something over here, but he's making you look over here. That's what our soul is trying to do. Even if this stuff is really good over here, it's 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 the magic act, right? Because that really. It, 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 it's not really dealing with it because we're, we're attempting to show God that we are serious about our confession. God, look how serious. I know my conviction over here, but I'm really serious about my confession. Let me show you how much. And in this moment, our pride leads us where our humility should have changed us. Our pride leads us where our humility should have changed us. Our humility should have just take us to our knees. God, I'm sorry, I messed up, I'm an idiot. Uh change this. I repent. I'm going to turn around and walk in the other direction. Br- uh, uh, crucify my flesh in this moment. Let's uh, Peter, this is what Peter does. Right after this. In, in John chapter 18, right after he says, I'll die for you. A man, it doesn't really matter. And the Bible says they arrest Jesus, and Peter takes a sword and cuts off the ear of the high priest's servant. Right? First of all, he doesn't attack a guard. He doesn't come after one of the soldiers, right? He picks some little, I'm going to show you how, my, I'm going to prove to you that I'm willing to die. I'll show you, Jesus. I'll prove to the crowd. I'll prove to these disciples that I'm better than them. I'm gonna, So I'm going to attack a little kid, cut off a little kid's ear. Come on, right? Pride, ego, self. We end up feeding in us what should be dying in us. Church in these moments, if we're not careful, in a church culture, in a religious world that we've grown up in, in the cover over, cover up, make sure that we're all good, that everybody thinks that we're good. We are in danger of cutting off the servant's ear, and we're, we're in danger of feeding something that we should be dying in us. Man, Origin, there's a story of Origin, who's an early church father, who castrates himself. To show out his purity, right? Because the verse says that something offends you cuts it off and he had sexual problems and all that kind of stuff, right? And 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 no, no, we can't kill the flesh by castrating the flesh. We kill the flesh by crucifying the flesh. Right? Come on. You can't do it on your own. You gotta crucify the flesh. Paul says in Galatians 2:20, I have been crucified with Christ, therefore I no longer live right? The the life I live now, I live by faith in the Son of God. It is the Son of God that gives me direction, and gives me instruction, and actually forms me, and shapes me, and calls me, and convicts me. It's That's where this lives. I can't just cut something off, act like I'm cutting it off, because we're going to end up feeding in us what needs to die in us. And see, that's what religion does. Religion is the makeup that attempts to cover the blemishes of the unsubmitted soul, it's like the, the the blush and the and the cover up and the all the stuff you girls put on that I don't understand, right? They have the foundation it, it, it covers the real issue with spiritualized works. We we do all these other works to cover over the real issue of unsubmitted areas of our life. It's like King David, right? Who has a man after God's own heart, so we can't say, well, you know, you you just got to know my heart, Pastor. My heart is really pure. No, David has a, 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 a heart purer probably than all of ours. He's a man after God's own heart. And yet in 2 Kings chapter 11, we know the story. He gets Bathsheba pregnant, right? So he calls Uriah, her husband, home from war. And he's like, this is what we're going to do. Uh, go home. I, I, I'm, I'm such a good leader. I, I've called you out of the battlefront. I, I'm going to give you some time off. I'm going to give you some days away. You're such a good, I'm going to take care of you. He makes this magnum, magnanimous, that's not the right word, gesture, uh, this big gesture uh, for for to towards Uriah in front of everybody, and Uriah's like, no, I can't go home and sleep with my wife. I don't, I don't sleep right here because uh, because all my brothers are out in the field, and that's where the ark is. No way. I'm not doing it. I, if they're sacrificing, I'm sacrificing. He sleeps right there on the door. David's like, uh-oh. So then he says, well, for two days, we're going to throw a banquet in your in your honor. We're going to eat, and he's hoping he gets drunk and, 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 and goes back and, and, and sleeps with his wife, right? And, and he doesn't do it. So he has him killed. He covers up the unsubmitted area that ha- that he had birthed he covers it up the truth is my friends there are there's no amount of works spiritual or otherwise that can redeem what unsubmitted areas will continually birth in us when we continually birth those things and we don't we don't crucify them we just let them, we just try to cover them up. We put foundation, we put blush, we put spiritual works, we put goodness, we put uh church activity, we put tithing, we put good things on No. It will, you cannot redeem through good works what has to be crucified in our flesh. It's why Jesus actually says, and we're getting there, so we're gonna wind up in just a couple of seconds. It's why Jesus actually says to Peter, you can't follow me. So in, for you and I, it's like, all right, good, he's, he's got a pass. No, no, no. That Greek word for can't actually is the Greek word dunamis. You, many of you should recognize that word. It's the word for power. It's where, where we get the, the power of God from, the dunamis power, the explosive power from God. What, what Jesus says to, to Peter is actually, you don't have the power the way that you are to follow me hear me. Maybe I have to wrestle with this. I'm preaching this with you, but I'm preaching it to me first, right? You don't have the power, the way that you are right now to follow me. Now, he's true in two senses, right? First, yes, only Jesus has the power to to, to pay the price on the cross, right? To, to pay the price for sin, death, and hell. Only Jesus, he can't, Peter can't do it. There's nothing he can do. He doesn't have the power to do it. But Peter didn't even have the power to make it to the cross, right? This is where many of us, I think, lose the battle. We win the war because Jesus won the battle, the, the war on the cross for you and I. Um, but we stay powerless and defeated because Jesus is leading us to a cross moment and we don't even have the power to get to the cross, and we, Jesus is asking us, are you serious? going to judge other people uh, in their issues when your own issues still go unsubmitted? Are you still going to choose peace, to keep the peace instead of make the peace in that area? Do, do, do you, are you still going to allow the, the insecurities that are inside of you be the voice of your identity? Will you follow his word when you're broke and busted and battered, or just when you're living in overflow. See, somewhere along the line, down deep inside, I'm saying, I want to follow, but my convictions have not been crucified. And we stay powerless because we stay with unsubmitted areas in our life. It's like Samson, who we talked about just last week, right? He, he he tells Delilah his secret. They cut off his hair. They bind him up. And the Bible says in, verse, uh, in Judges 16, 20, Samson rises up and thinks to himself, I will throw them off just like I have before. I, I, will, I will shake them off. I'll shake myself free just like I have before. But the Bible says he did not know that the Lord had left him. He didn't know. He was powerless. He didn't know that he, because he had an unsubmitted area while he still lived in that unsubmitted area, he remained powerless to the vices of the enemy in that area in his life. It, 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 look, the Lord's not leaving us. But what he is, what it's saying in this moment is that the Spirit of God is not working in that area in our life because it's not been invited in. It hasn't been submitted to. It hasn't, the the cross always precedes the resurrection. There needs to be a crucified moment in that area of our life so that the power of the Holy Spirit can make something that is dead live again. That's the beautiful picture of being a disciple. To be honest, I think it's the it's the compound, compounded feeling of defeat uh, that here we are again, disappointed again, failed again, not worth it. I tried, I, I tried, but Jesus just isn't leading me anywhere I really want to go. And that that we often find ourselves with one foot out, maybe even then two feet out, right? And and what we say things like this. Hey, there's so much nowadays. Well, I can look. I know, but I I I can find Jesus, and I still love Jesus. I can find Jesus anywhere. Look, that's true. He's omnipresent, right? He's omnipotent. he, he He's all powerful. He, he's everywhere. But here's the one thing I know. When you find him, the truth is he still won't be leading you. Like you can find him, but he still won't be leading you. We will still be powerless. We still will be empty. We might be saved, but we are not victorious. Stay with me on this jesus was in the courtyard with peter luke twenty-two sixty-one 61 says the lord looked directly at peter when the when the, when the rooster crowed and nothing changed jesus was there he, even if he even if he hadn't seen him before he, uh, he denied him those three times even if he only saw him after he denied him nothing changed he didn't go oh my gosh i'm an idiot Jesus, forgive me. I'm, I'm, I'm in crowd. I was stupid. I'm an idiot. I'm going to stand up for Jesus right here, right now. Uh, if you're going to take him to the cross and you think you're going to take me to the cross, then I'm still in. Nothing changed. Jesus was present, but because there were still unsubmitted soul convictions, come on, insecurities, desires, intentions, Peter still stayed without victory because Jesus wasn't leading him. But I do want us to notice this one thing. That the battle of self-denial gets deeper and more difficult and more layered. Peter started out with a single need to deny, and he ends up in front of an entire crowd. There are certain things in us, my friends, that are so strong, so connected to our identity, that, 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 that it won't be a simple moment of surrender, but it will be a journey of surrendering that leads us constantly in following him wherever he goes. Come on, Peter still has a problem with crowds even after the resurrection, right? In Galatians 2, it says that he stops eating with Gentile believers because of the pressure of the Jewish believers. It it, it wouldn't have cost him his salvation, but it definitely would have uh, costed the the, the church. It it definitely would have brought disunity, it definitely would have hurt his 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 testimony and and the gospel story. Certainly, the key, my friends, is found in a constant encounter with Jesus, where we collect these broken bits of ourselves and submit them to His leading once again. It's that John twenty one moment that you've heard me preach on so often, where Jesus, where Peter's out fishing and Jesus comes to him again and He says, "Peter, you're not designed for this, man. You you're meant to." to Feed my sheep and feed my lambs and take care of my flock and be a shepherd to people and be my disciple and lead people and change things. That's what you're meant to be. All you need is this agape love. Will you love me unconditionally? Which means you don't put a condition on my leadership. You don't put a condition on where we're going and how I'm taking you. Love love means you will trust me even when you think I'm leading in the wrong direction because you love me. Me. He says to peter basically stop asking me to follow you fishing and start follow following me shepherding you're always asking me to follow you fishing start following me shepherding submission my friends yields the power to break free acts chapter one says this and i will send my spirit and he will give you power power, dunamis power, the thing he didn't have uh, 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 before in John 13, he has now in Acts 1, to be my martyrs, to be my disciples all over. It, it, it's not in the power, is not in the self, the power is in the crucified self. If you will crucify those areas, man, it'll allow my Holy Spirit to touch it. Come on, where is Jesus going? Where is he leading? He's leading us through the cross, to a resurrected life after after Peter after the resurrection, come on there after the resurrection power comes in Peter's life. What happens? He heals the lame man. By when when he's going he's going to church one time, she's a lame man. By the temple gate, heals him. Come on, somebody. He he helps create a church that changes the course of human history. He The Bible says he walks down the street and where he's walking down, come on, like his shadow falls on people and, and they're healed. Hankies touch people, like bits of clothes. Like things start to happen when he lives in this submitted following life, not just a believing life, not just a life of confession, but a life of conviction that allows Jesus to lead him where he goes. And he becomes so in love with Jesus that when it comes down to it again, he won't, when it comes down to it again, when he's faced with the crowd that says, you better deny him or you're going to be crucified, he says, crucify me and don't even do it like you did it to my master because I'm not worthy. I'm going to honor him by being uh, crucified. Tradition says upside down down. He honored him with his last breath. This is the life that we've been called to. This is what abundant life looks like. It's not 14 Lamborghinis in the driveway or a pot of gold at the end of some mystic rainbow. This is what it is. this, this intimacy with Jesus, where he is actually leading us, where, we, where we're we actually getting our cues from him, where we're watching for him, where he can say, my sheep know my voice and they follow me. There's something about not being a believer, but being a disciple. Right here is the answer, the difference, the conflict between the confession Confession that we have, and the convictions that are keeping us from living out those that confession. David says, the Lord is my shepherd, and I shall not want. This is the gold. This is the gold. The gold at the end, the gold at the end of this journey is not where we end up, it's who we end up with. The goal of the end of the journey is not where we end up. If I get that promotion, if my marriage looks like this, if I get that job, if I get, uh, if I get that uh, that 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 guy or that girl, if, if if I if I get healthy, if I get healed, if, if 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 I get that breakthrough. No, the goal is not found in where we end up. It's with who we end up with. Our we following in 2024 here's my question where is he going and will you deal with what needs to be dealt with in those areas where your confession and your and your conviction are in confrontation deal with those things So that no matter where he goes, we will follow. That's my prayer for you. That's my prayer for us. That's my prayer for the church. Well, guys, we're going to pray. And then we're going to to encourage you just quickly with your offering. Because even though we're not in church, that's still part of being a part of the community of faith. And so here... Is my question today. Will you follow him with all of your heart? And will you not only just make him your savior, but make him your Lord? And right here, right now, there are areas that I know were peaked up, even probably started to say, now that's not true, or or being rejected or or pushing, pushing back in during the sermon. They're probably the areas um, that we need to bring into submission to Jesus today. Uh, maybe over the last couple of months, Jesus, the Holy Spirit's been teach- talking to you and convicting you about some things. Um, maybe saying it's time to actually get involved with raising up another generation or involved with uh, sharing the gospel or or, be, or taking the steps to be a disciple and deeper. Uh, these are the, this is the moment. So Father, right here, right now, wherever people are, I'm praying right here that whatever needs to be shattered in us, crucified in us, that for 2024, right here, right now, that it is broken. Forgive us, cleanse us, redeem us, restore us, regenerate us. We do not have the power. We can't follow without your spirit. So we are saying we, crucif- we, are, we are willing to be crucified. We're willing for our flesh to die so that your spirit can make it live. we will, Wherever you go, we will follow you. Wherever you go, we will follow you. soul. Wherever Jesus goes, we are following him. We give you the glory and the honor and the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, church, thank you so much for being with us today. Really, thank you for making the time. And we're going to be back together again on Sunday. Um, it's going to be fantastic. But I do want to encourage you before you go, I know there's some the links there. Um, don't click off yet. The, part, of, part of him leading is him leading us in worship and giving. Um, and so much of what Jesus talked about is making sure that we give um, so, that, uh, so that others can, can receive, so that he can be glorified. I love the story of the, 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 the widow. She had every reason not to be able to give. All she had was two mites. It's every, the Bible says it was all that she had. It's an amazing story. She didn't just give two mites. It's all that she had. And Jesus points her out in the midst of all these people at the temple, thousands of people at the temple. He stops, and all the parades that are being thrown for everybody else who's bringing in all the big money, and he stops his disciples, and he says, See her? She's following me. See her? That's the one that got uh, the Father's attention. Because she gave, she followed his example. And I, I, I really want to encourage you not only to be a giver this year, but to be a, a tither this year. And if you've been tithing, can I encourage you to be a generational resourcer. Because we're, we're thinking about how are we going to make a difference in the future. Um, because God is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He resourced generations. And we want to be a part of that as well as we reach out locally and globally. Well, church, I love you so much. I can't wait to see you next week. It's going to be awesome to be together. I'll see you then. God bless you. Have a great week. See you soon.